welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. And last week we talked with uh, Daniel White, the Black Alachian, about hiking the Appalachian Trail. And, you know, my Midwesterner came out and I kept saying, I always call it Appalachian Trail. You know, like I've always said Appalachian, but apparently... You know, if you're from the southeast, which I should have known, having lived in Virginia for three years, it's Appalachian. <laughs> so apologies uh, to Daniel for pronouncing his nickname wrong. Uh, <laughs> even though it is, I have so many times on this podcast, so many times I've accidentally pronounced someone's name wrong. It's it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So to continue the theme, though, of the Appalachian Trail and through hikes and just like one of the most grand adventures you can have in the United States. Um, this week, we're bringing you a story from Matthew Marrero, who uh, is a younger guy. He's 22 and he just graduated college and was like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to hike this hike this big trail I've heard so much about and just spend five to six months just having an adventure and having this freedom of basically deciding when to wake up, deciding how long to hike, deciding who to hang out to, deciding when to stop and just really appreciate the view and when to just push it. And I got to tell you, man, just like last week's uh, conversation with Daniel, like his story is just fascinating to me i just love hearing about the quest of walking 2000 miles basically traversing the entire united states it's it's just so fascinating to me so so yeah i hope you guys enjoy it we're kind of doing a twofer you know like the last two weeks have been about the appalachian trail and you know i just it's it's just so it's such a cool experience to talk talk to people about and you know everyone has a billion stories from it because you're spending five months on this adventure you know these tales come out of it and this life-changing experience you're just learning so many valuable lessons about yourself uh it's really cool and matthew did not disappoint his story was great um a few times in the podcast we mentioned kind of how we got hooked up. Uh, it was through uh, Dr. Casey Johnson of Unlock Wellness Podcast. So she interviewed him a few weeks ago. Check it out. Um, you know, he's he just he has so many stories. I could have talked to him for hours and hours. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I have a few other recommendations. Obviously, if you like today's episode, check out last week's with the Black Alachian Daniel White um, talking about his own journey on the Appalachian Trail. Um, I talked with a couple other guests about through hiking number 58, Jennifer Mabus. Um, she's preparing to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. So we kind of talked more in depth about preparations and you know how do you go about even thinking about and gathering your your equipment and you know all this stuff uh how what what are your expectations of getting on the trail you know how do you expect it to go so we talked with her about that and then if you go way back to number 27 we spoke to sean forey uh who was one of the first ever 
that he was him and his partner were the first ever winter through hikers of the Pacific Crest Trail. And, you know, um, since we're in deep in December here, you can just appreciate being cold. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you love hearing about people f- being really cold, definitely check that one out. He was he was amazing. It was one of the. One of the early guests that I was like, my mind was blown that he actually said yes to the interview. So that's number 27 with Sean Forey. Um, I think you guys like those. Other, otherwise, you know, check out all of our episodes of the podcast, especially if you're someone tuning in for the first time. I mean, we have all sorts of different adventures here, um, all sorts of different wilderness and outdoor adventurers, endurance athletes, um, and just people doing some really fantastic stuff that will hopefully inspire you to go after your own fantastic adventures or your own goals. Um, especially, you know, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about what I want to accomplish in 2018 and really reflecting over 2017. And there were some things that I absolutely blew my mind. Like as I went through and listed all my accomplishments, all the things I've accomplished in my own life. Um, But you know, like, here's the thing, like you always are a little, a little bit driven to go after something bigger and badder and greater. And you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. So, so really thinking about what I want to chase in 2018 is, is exciting. You know, and this will be the last podcast of 2017. So I hope you guys had just a great year and I hope you were able to achieve some of the things you set out to achieve at the beginning of the year. And if you weren't able to, you know, do everything on your list, 2018, man, that's the perfect opportunity to go after those. And like I said last week, it doesn't have to be anything ginormous or crazy like hiking the Appalachian Trail although if it is like that's super cool too um but you know just have things think about things take time to reflect and take time to really set these goals just so often in life we don't take that time and all of a sudden a month or two or a whole year has gone by and we haven't really even thought about what we've actually done to push forward momentum um, on some of our goals. So take that time. Like you guys have a few days right now as we're approaching New Year's. If you have a few days off, take time to really think about and reflect and and think about what you want to accomplish. All right, guys, that's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> if you liked today's episode, um, definitely go on iTunes, subscribe, Leave us a review. I would love that. I would very much appreciate that. That would be super cool. Um, you know, or you can check out all of our episodes on our on our website, like a Bigfoot. We're on all the social media stuff as like a Bigfoot. And uh yeah, and we're also on SoundCloud. So check us out. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Matthew Marrero. It was awesome. Matthew, you're the man. Thank you so much for chatting with me. All right, let's get into the episode. All right, guys, uh, this week, um, to kind of continue the theme of Appalachian Trail, we have Matthew Marrero on the show, um, kind of 
I mean, I guess not fresh off of completing the Appalachian Trail, right? Like that wouldn't be a good description. <laughs> yeah, I finished it in November 15th. Well, actually November 10th. Sorry. Okay. That's kind of like, is that a late date to finish or is that pretty normal? Um, well, typically most people go northbound to Georgia to Maine and typically they start like early March or like mid March yeah. and they'll finish, you know, six months, like six months is pretty average. Yeah. Um, I did a southbound through hike from Maine to Georgia. So there was the, you know, 10%, like the kind of the rarity group and I finished in uh, five and a half months. Nice. So so between five and a half to six months is pretty average speed. Yeah. And it was cool. Like I just started recording. So um, I, I didn't record the part where you're just saying like you're, you're going to get a job on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, hopefully between uh, March and April, I have a little spot called the uh, little, little hostel on the Appalachian Trail called Mountain Crossings. It's, it's exactly 30 miles in the Georgia section if you're going north. Um, it's at Neil's Gap. It's called Mountain Crossings, and um, I'm gonna get a hopefully I get a nice sweet spot there. And my me and my dog are gonna have a good time, you know, just help hikers out with their weight, you know, with their gear, and yeah, just do some hiking when I'm days off. You know, that's what I love to do. So <laughs> I'm yeah. really excited for the work. Yeah, that's so cool. Is that the like famous spot or infamous spot where people just <laughs> like leave gear behind because they're like i yep. didn't need any of this yep. stuff okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually it's tradition that if you quit at that particular spot you take your boots and you throw them on the tree no way and so there's like thousands of boots just on the tree yeah <laughs> that's awesome why is that why is that spot like the place where people realize like oh this isn't for me um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that some people may have not been prepared for um, just what the trail really is. Because, I mean, the trail, you know, it has a lot of beautiful sites. The people are amazing and the towns are awesome. But the thing is, is that, you know, besides the times where you don't hike, we call those zero days, you know, m majority of your time is hiking. You know, we're talking eight, sometimes 10 hours a day. And that's exhausting. Like to do that continuously, you know, that wears on the mind of a, a through hiker yeah. or, a, you know, not a through hiker, but a hiker in general on the trail where, you know, I, I think what another thing is that maybe some of those people have never done a hike like that before and they finally get to that spot and they're like, yeah, this is not for me. And they just quit, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Are you gonna, like when you're working there, are would you find it necessary to try to talk people into continuing or are you just, <laughs> are you going to be cool oh, with mean, their decision? No, I mean, I'll, I'm going to encourage people for sure. I'm definitely not a person to, you know, bring someone down because yeah. I feel like m majority of people can, can hike the trail. Even I've seen people who are overweight and I mean, very overweight who started off being, you know, I call them big boys, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he was a big boy. I mean, he's an overweight guy. And and the craziest part was that um, in two weeks, he lost so much weight and he and he actually hiked faster than me. He sur he passed me yeah. and he was a big boy. Like I was like, damn, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if if, you know, if he could do it, then anyone can. I mean, he was not a small dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. So I, I mean, I'm I 
like I, I've told said this on even last week's podcast was actually about the Appalachian Trail. We're doing like a two for like a two in a row kind of deal here. But I've never th- through hiked. I've never really done even like a week long hike or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but from what I've heard of it, there's just like all sorts of different types of people, like so many different ages, so many different sizes like you said um Mm -hmm. and it kind of puts everyone on this like equal playing field which is really neat yeah um i've i've seen ted talk where this guy and and his whole family hiked the trail we're talking uh husband wife two children i believe the ages were uh six and eight and a family dog hike the whole trail together as a family so you only can imagine what kind of challenges they faced with having the whole family you know because when you have a kid that small their legs are shorter technically they they step twice the amount of distance you know twice the amount of steps i mean um they say it's like you know over five million steps or whatever so those kids will hike 10 million steps you know what i mean that's crazy. so yeah isn't that insane <laughs> yeah man so what's like did you see anyone hiking with kids like on like doing the th- whole through hike um no I, not particularly no yeah. it's not a very common theme <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah what uh <clears throat> but, what was like the oldest person i guess like was there like a range that you saw um i would say the oldest person that i hiked with personally was a um was 60 years old okay and i mean even then like i've seen other hikers you know pass through who are older much older we're talking like upper 70s and they're still in really good shape because they've been hiking all their lives you know and um but uh one of the uh personal hikers that I hiked with, I think he was about 52. Uh, his trail name was Stumbledorf. He was a, that's a great, he name. Was, <laughs> yeah. I mean this, this man, man, he, he was awesome. He, he had a big white beard, like big white beard. And you know, he wasn't the fastest, but he just imagine, just picture this in your head, a short, man who had leg problems he would stumble every time he would go uphill that's why we called him stumbledorf but he is a 30-year army veteran of the british military you know what i mean yeah and he's not only is he tough as nails but he's like the softest nicest dude i've ever met in my entire life and his war stories are will blow your mind like i i have no regard and high respect for that guy yeah i really yeah, man, that's so cool. Well, so we kind of got connected through uh, Casey Johnson um, of the Unlock Wellness podcast, and I'm just like rereading the email she sent me, and it's funny. She, you, you guys met in like a really kind of weird way, right? Yeah. Um. So my dad um, works at a at a body shop. Well, not a body shop, but a like a repair for auto repair. And uh, Casey was going in to get her car fixed, I guess. And, um, since they didn't, she didn't want to do like a rental or I don't know what the case was, but my dad had, was driving her and her family home. And, uh, I don't know how the car, I don't, don't know how the conversation went, but all I know is that my dad was happened to talk about me, about my trail and how I'm writing a book. And then she was like, after that whole thing, when she dropped, when he dropped her off, um, 
she was like, yeah, I'm going to need your son's contact info. But she, she didn't really explain why. Oh, so, <laughs> so my dad was very confused. He just sent like, he literally sent me a text the next day. And he's like, hey, some lady is like going to contact you. And I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really know what to say about it. I didn't know what to expect, you know? That's, so that's how it happened. That's so funny. And it's something I like, I can relate to as you know, once once you start doing a podcast, you hear someone's story or you hear that someone did something incredible, like instantly your initial reaction is like, oh my God, like I would love to talk to him. And it's mm-hmm. really cool because then you get an excuse to talk to him about it, you know? <laughs> you get an excuse, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it would be weird if I was just like, hey man, can I just call you and talk about the Appalachian Trail for a bit? Like, I'm sure you would because you seem like a very nice guy, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I think most people, like, who are through hikers in general, want to talk about the trail because uh, the trail is not just, you know, it is an experience, but it's it's definitely life changing. It's definitely one that it leaves it leaves a hole in your heart, if that makes sense. Like, I miss the trail every day. Like, there's not a day where I where I don't think about the trail. So if people come up and ask me, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, yeah, of course I want to talk about the trail. Yeah, (laughs) you know, yeah, because it was one of the best things that happened in my life. (laughs) Yeah, well, so yeah, let's get into like the decision. Like, what made you decide to head up to Maine, and what made you decide to do uh, southbound? Uh, so basically, I was um going to school and. I graduated in May, so that's way too late to go north. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, because if you go north, going Georgia to Maine, by the time you would reach Katahdin, which is the last ascent in Maine, it would be closed down. So I'd rather go to Maine and go down home, like closer to home. That's what I did. So I went south. Typically, going southbound. Uh, most people start June, so I was like, okay, I graduated in May, so I got a month to prepare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So nice, man. Did you like what spurned the idea though? Like, have you always wanted to do it or was it kind of like a last minute thing? Um, it was about two years beforehand, uh, before I, yeah, I was, um, I would, I, I really love nature. I love camping and I started like hearing about the Appalachian trail. So I was like, you know, why not? That seems like a really, not only would be challenging, but I would not, it would be an adventure, you know what I mean? I would meet people I've never met before. I would go in these towns and, uh, you know, I think it, it just sounded so cool to me. Like in my head, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to band together with, you know, some other hikers and we're going to we're gonna travel across the country together. And it's exactly what it was because I had some really good hiker friends and that's exactly how I felt when we would go, get to the like the main roads or whatever of the trail and we would hitchhike into town and we would just walk through town like I, we felt like travelers you know I like to <laughs> uh, a good comparison would be like um, Pirates of the Caribbean we have the crew and we're going into the bars and having a good time yeah. you know yeah. it's just kind of like that you know and we had a banjo player so everywhere we went we were just having a good time you know yeah man. playing music and folk and it was it was fun that's cool so it sounds fun. like the Appalachian Trail is just such a romantic idea because it's it's the true essence of an adventure like you said like you're going through the wilderness you're getting like a group of 
like-minded people and you're all like banding together, which I love that word. It just reminds me of like Lord of the Rings for some reason when you said it. It pretty much is because you're like literally the whole story is mostly walking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, 100. Did you throw a ring in Georgia or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's just like, yeah. And then being off the grid and just kind of being nomadic for a few months, like sounds so cool. It really is. It it's it's not an experience like no other. I mean, there are other long distance trails that will give you a different experience. I feel like the the PCT, for example, is definitely more um, secluded. Not many towns. Very more nature and more mountainy than anything. But the AT is it's called the People's Trail for a reason because it's not just the hikers but the towns that you venture through they're very open to hikers and you know the best way i can explain it is i was my first town was in monson and me and a couple of buddies we were hiking together for a little while we go we go into town you know we go into shaw's hostel and the very first thing you know the owner of the hostel comes up he just hands us a pbr and he's like hey man you know make yourself at home and I asked, so what do you want me to pay? And he's like, oh, just pay when you leave. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that kind of trust system. And it, it's it's awesome. And um, right after uh, the hostel, we went to a restaurant, then bought some food. And then we went to the bar. And in that bar, it was open mic night. And the whole bar was filled with hikers. And this town, I mean, we're talking like no more than 200 people. It's a small town in the middle of nowhere, Maine, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we have our banjo player, uh, <laughs> Clawhammer is his trail name because he plays Clawhammer style on the banjo. And so he's playing his honky tonk tunes, his Canadian folk songs. He's from Canada and, you know, the whole bar's just singing along, having a good time. You know, it's one of those unique moments that really touched me. You know what I mean? It was yeah. really cool. And then he banded with us and then our band got bigger and we kept on trekking south. It was, you know, it's it's unique. It's it's nothing you're not going to get anywhere else, I feel like. Yeah. So when you drove up to Maine, like you said, only like 10% of people go that direction. So did you run into people right away? Like how long did it take to even catch up to some hikers? Or, you know, were you ever by yourself at the beginning? Uh, not really, because uh, most people start June first, and that's exact, and that's oh, when okay. I started. Nice. So southbounders always start June first, usually, typically. Um, so, um, yeah. So, like right before I even got on the trail, I was at the hostel, and there were hikers preparing to hike the whole trail. So I just started talking to them, and like you're never really alone on the trail, yeah. even with the ten percent. The, the super minority going south there there's plenty of people to hike with I, I never mind going north literally thousands of people hundreds of people will start on a day and you you know you're just passing people passing yeah. people it's definitely way more of a party scene going north on in the earlier you know march and april days but if you go south it's very very more uh you know secluded i guess you could say but there's still people um hiking south for sure yeah do you start going like i always hear about the hundred mile wilderness in maine mm -hmm. are you is that like right away pretty much yeah so right after katahdin uh we go down katahdin 
and then well we climb up and then have to go back down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um because there's no way to start at top yeah um so right after that it's the 100 mile wilderness and so not not only do you start at the hardest climb of the trail but then you have to go through the most secluded part of the trail literally right out the the gate <laughs> yeah man so you don't even have that adjustment period like last week i was talking to uh daniel white the black latchin which by the way i kept saying <laughs> i ca- i always pronounce it appalachian you know uh-huh yeah I'm, appalachian I'm western and i know <laughs> like southeast is appalachian so i kept saying black Alation, but really it's black latchin i'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> black latchin so yeah. my bad man my bad daniel if you're listening <laughs> no it's all good um but anyways he was talking about like by the time you get to the northeast like in new hampshire and like the really tough climbs like you know by that point he's prepared himself with all these other experiences further south yeah. you know but mm-hmm. you're going the opposite direction so you almost are like throwing yourself in the thick of it like right away yeah so literally you start off in the two hardest states on the whole trail so by by the end of it, everything else was like like <laughs> it wasn't as hard <laughs> if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. Like the rest of the trail, even though it's not in Maine, New Hampshire, it doesn't it's not easy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like compared to like the steepness of the climbs and just I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain, but um, it's very it's way more mountainous. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. Yeah. Like and, a bit more rugged trails. Like from what I've seen just on videos is there's just looks like giant boulders like jutting out over the trail in New Hampshire, especially. Yeah, there def- there is uh, in some sections. Um, there's some really steep, steep parts that you have to come down. And you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, man, just looking back on it now, um, it's kind of it's kind of crazy the fact that we started at the hardest part and we you know we didn't really let it affect us we just kept going you know even though it was super hard and it was really really painful (laughs) we just trekked through because the trail was beautiful and we're having such an awesome time and we didn't want it to end you know what i mean yeah that's i think that's one of the the major factors that keeps you going is the fact that there's there's more adventure out there. There's more good times out there. If you quit now, it's going to stop and you're going to go home depressed. Yeah. And so <laughs> you know? did you have your mind? I mean, I feel like you almost have to have your mind made up from day one. Like, I'm going to finish this. Otherwise, you just will find an excuse not to. Yeah. Um, typically, <clears throat> I did I did have times where I wanted to quit, especially yeah. the mid like the mid pennsylvania by the way everyone hates pennsylvania <laughs> no no offense you know people who are from pennsylvania listening to this just that hiking through your state sucks <laughs> well from what i so you know i think it was the walk in the woods book but he mentions like and i i don't even think he ended up hiking the whole thing but he mentioned like there's pretty parts of pennsylvania but the trail doesn't go through that <laughs> No, like it has its moments, but the thing is what's really annoying is that it's really it's really flat. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's really flat, but it's super rocky for no reason. So it like <laughs> it hurts and you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like you have these 
sharp pointed rocks and big just like on the trail and you're like why do i have to walk on this like <laughs> is there no dirt like <laughs> and it just hurts your feet and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah man well so what do you what did you tell yourself in those moments where you were contemplating quitting I mean, I was just in the moment. I was like, "Man, can I really keep going?" You know, it, I'm in a lot of pain. Can I really hike another thousand miles? You know, it's it wears you down. You know, and uh, basically, I had a conversation. Like, I literally just called my mom and I was like, "Hey, mom, uh, I really, I don't know if I can keep going. I, I think I kind of want to go home." And immediately, my mom was just like, "You know, Matthew, um, I know how you are." So if you quit, you're going to hate yourself. So, and I was like, yeah, I know. So I was, <laughs> I, you know, so I was just like, all right. So I just sucked it up. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. That's crazy. So yeah, man, what are, what are some of the other states, states like, um, I used to live in Virginia, so I'm kind of familiar with different sections mm -hmm. there that I would go hike or run on or whatever. But, but yeah, what are the, what are I feel like there's a lot of like there's not a lot of attention to like New York or you know the mm. kind of northeastern states. What are the, what are those like? Um typically um New York is very dry. I mean, finding water is really hard to be honest. Um not to say like New York is has its some of its pretty moments, but um uh, thankfully, trail angels left gallons of water on the side of the road. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any water because New York is so dry. I mean, lakes, streams, just – I was like, what the hell? Like, there's no water. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna... And it was in the middle of summer, and, now, like, it was 100 degrees outside, and I'm just, like – I'm sweating like I just jumped into a pool and I'm just like, I just want some water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I finally get to a road and I see gallon jugs. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Just drink, just uh, drink all that water. Like you appreciate so much when you don't have it, like water and good food. Like food is the most amazing thing in the world when you're on the trail. Like when you get off the trail and go into town and go to a restaurant, you're like, oh my God, this is so good. Like yeah. the simplest food makes you so happy. Like, <laughs> yeah. What are, What are you generally eating when you're not in town? Ramen noodles, <laughs> Snickers bars, pop tarts, beef jerky. You know, high calories. You know, protein, peanut butter. You know, whatever can give me calories. You know, it's it's cheap food. Yeah. Cheap, high calorie food. That's typically mo most hikers buy because you know don't have you don't want to spend all your money just on the the hiking food you know you want to spend the money in towns yeah typically yeah man so what yeah i i it's funny like you, you don't appreciate a pizza you know in your normal life but you could have like just a regular no big deal pizza and it will just blow your mind if you're completely exhausted yeah if you're really craving it really yeah. <laughs> like I'll tell you the biggest meal I ever ate on the trail. So, Please do. I was, yeah, I was in um, I was in Maine, and I went to uh, I think it was called the Wolfed Inn or whatever, and it was home of the Wolf Burger or whatever it was, and it basically was a burger that had um, like a half pound patty, 
lettuce, onions, pickles, and all that with um, chicken tenders and a sausage patty. I mean, this thing was a beef. Like, this thing was huge. And I came with a side of fries. So I ordered that with cheese sticks and uh, fried cheesecake. And I had three beers. And then I had two white Russians. (laughs) And I ate all of that. And I uh, and I was like, man, that felt really good. And I went upstairs and passed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, amazing, man. Yeah, and the thing is, the craving kept going. Like, uh, typically when we would go into town, I would order a extra large pizza just for myself, a uh, two liter of Coca Cola, a side of mozzarella sticks and fries, and I'd eat that an hour. <laughs> and like. It's insane because if you see someone eat all that food in normal normal life, you would think, like, this guy is sick. Like, what yeah. is wrong with this guy? He must have diabetes or whatever. But if you're on the trail, you you burn so much calories. And you when you eat that, you're just like, oh, it's, I know I'm going to use this for energy later. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure other hikers are looking around like, no, 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 that's completely normal. Like, they're yeah, having their own, like – you know, five Sundays or whatever in front of them. They're like, that guy's normal. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's pretty much what it is. The, however, there was some people who kept their hunger on the trail. I only had my hunger off trail. Okay. When I was when I was on the trail, I wasn't that hungry. Um, my one of my hiking buddies, um, he would eat. You know, you know the packets of pop tarts that have two of them. Yeah. He would eat, he would eat five packets in the morning. And I'm like, dude, you're sick. Like, how can you, eat, how can you eat that many sweets in the morning? And he's like, dude, I, I don't even know, but I'm still hungry. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Does that is that an adjustment when you get off the trail? Like, I have to start eating like a normal human again. Yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't that hard of adjustment for me. I, I mean, obviously, I gained all the weight back that I lost, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it wasn't too hard for me. I, I basically I just ate whatever. Um, normal portions and i was like okay because i didn't want to just pack it all in so quick you know <laughs> like before i would just i would just have you know the extra large pizza all that sides i'd be like all right one hour done <laughs> gone wow man that's that's so crazy okay um what if you can you kind of give everyone like everyone listening what what's the idea of trail angels um if if they've never heard of through hiking especially mm-hmm. at what what's a what's a trail angel uh trail angel is basically someone who volunteers you know any of their time to help out a hiker or the trail in general um whether it's clearing paths leaving coolers of soda and water leaving gallons of water on the side of the road or even leaving you know whatever on the side or even leaving their numbers. I've had a lot of trail angels leave their numbers on the cooler and be like, hey, any hikers want a place to stay for the night? Of course, we'd be like, yeah. You know, <laughs> we would just call that number and be like, hey, you know, we're at, we're at your post. You know, If you want to you know, pick us up, he's like, yeah, 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 I'm free, yeah. And then just so pick cool. us up. And we would have dinner at their house, You know, have a good time. Super cool. Trail angels are they're a blessing. They're angels, you know? Yeah. <laughs> are there a lot of them that have previously through hiked or is it just people like if you're living near the Appalachian trail, it becomes part of you become part of the community and it becomes part of your lifestyle probably is supporting Mm -hmm. these people. But were there a lot of previous Appalachian trail hikers that were trail angels Um, or only a few majority of them never hiked the whole trail. Okay. Um, 
there's one particular um, trail angel that passed away that was very famous on the trail. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet him. He died two months before I I could see him, unfortunately. And I he was known as the Ice Cream Man. And he had a sign on the side of the trail that said, Free Ice Cream. Meet me, you know, meet me at my on my patio, and it had his little it had his like little uh, silhouette and like little. <laughs> it was really cool, and I just followed the sign. It was like right next to his trail was his house, and I went to his patio, and it had literally it had a like a portrait, and it was like a memorial of this guy, wow. and he had like thousands of pictures of hikers and people signing, and he was just like you know just basically saying thank you because they remember him because basically what it was was uh uh he was retired he um he was like a a psychologist no he was a doctor so he was a doctor and he retired early and he just bought a house and just like whoever whoever wants ice cream all you have to do is have a conversation with me and then you can and then you'll have free you know have ice cream with me basically and so that kept going for years, and he passed away, I think, due to heart failure. Um, yeah, but it was so cool because when I got there, I was just like, I was, it, it, I got a little um, emotional because I was like, this guy did something so easy, but it impacted many people. All he did was offer some ice cream to whoever who would talk to him. And I think that's so cool. And look at all this, you know, memorials and the photos. And the the, the freezer is still stocked. The family still stocks the freezer. Wow. But he just passed away, unfortunately. Well, and I got to imagine, like, vice versa, too. I'm sure all the hikers, like, impacted his life just by sharing their stories and their wisdom. And, you know. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I thought about. I was like, how many people this man talked to and what kind of things he, you know, he heard. Yeah. That was what I was thinking about when I was eating my ice cream. I was like, man, that's so cool, you know? That is, that is cool, man. And did you, I mean, did you find that a lot? Like on the the houses close to the trail or the people who live near the Appalachian Trail, Do you did you find that they, for the most part, wanted to be involved with the AT hikers' experiences? Um, Some of them, yeah. but um, definitely – there's some parts of the trail that actually go through people's yards oh, really? and yeah like, <laughs> I didn't know it, that. yeah like uh, if you buy the house like i think <laughs> literally the the real the d like the whoever the agent selling you the house like yeah the tr like your house is actually part of the at and just so you know hikers are gonna be walking through your yard <laughs> wow. and um and there was several times where i walked through people's yards and people would have spigots and it'd be like, hey, you know, feel free to use me and, you know, have water. And I'm That's like, cool. okay. Yeah. You know, little stuff like that. Um, or sometimes it would be, you know, here's a drink on us or whatever. Just little stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the whole hitchhiking thing? Was that uncomfortable for you? Or like the first time you hitchhiked into a town, was that weird? Or was that just like, hey, this is part of the experience. Everyone's used to this around this area. Mm -hmm. Um, my first time I was a little like tempted, like, well, not tempted, but I was more of a, I was a little scared at my first time. Yeah. Um, but after my first time I was never scared again, just because it was kind of set in stone where, you know, these are hiker towns and these people are used to picking people up all the time. So I was not scared at all to hitchhike after that, like putting my thumb out was pretty much second nature. Yeah. 
yeah. like people who like I've had my some of my favorite stories are hitchhiking stories where they would pick me up and they would be like, "Hey, you know, do you want to hang out? Do you want to go into town? Do you want to go to a party?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> that sounds cool." <laughs> Wow, man. You seem like a very extroverted person. Is that something that you always... Have you always been this way or did the trail help kind of bring that out of you? Definitely the trail helped out. Um, To be honest, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Like when I'm not talking about the trail, (laughs) I'm a very introverted person. Like if if you work with me at my job, I'm quiet and very to myself because I have really bad anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And... And um, I feel like nobody really gets me, so I don't really talk to many people because I, you know, I have, I, don't know, I feel like I have a really unique experience. So like, I, I'm not gonna talk about the trail to just random people. Just kind of like, you know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. be that guy. So I'm just very shy. But when I'm when I'm near the trail or I'm talking about the trail or in general, I mean, I am a very extroverted person, but around certain people, yeah. like in certain scenarios if that makes sense no man dude Um, that completely makes sense because like we we moved out to colorado last year and it's just amazing like when you're around like-minded people who are doing these experiences that you enjoy too it's just a lot easier to do that whole like icebreaker thing you know like if if i'm around a group of new people i'm always like what do i say to like start a conversation <laughs> yeah like little social anxiety yeah yeah it's it's like because but if i'm if i'm talking about music i'm talking about art or like you know anything like that because i i love playing music and i want to be a, a musician professionally at some point um kind of like a wandering soul who plays guitar in bars <laughs> you yeah. know i would love that and doing that you know i'm extroverted i'm all of like you know what's up man you know when i was want to play a song you know it's kind of <laughs> like i'm whatever i i'm totally extroverted but when it comes to if i'm in the city or like i'm in you know a, a club it's uncomfortable i'm like uh these i don't know if, you know <laughs> yeah like what do i say you're like over analyzing everything that you're doing almost yeah like <laughs> if like I'm sure the people who work with me, like they, you know, I've had people at work say, "Matt, Matt, you're so shy. Like, why don't you speak up and joke around with us?" I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't like. It's not even that I'm. I'm really not introverted like deeply. It's just I'm. I'm so. I don't want to say the wrong thing sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, I kind of just don't even talk, <laughs> which yeah. is bad. I know, but um, that's but, that's cool though. Like on the trail, like. Did you just go in with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to meet all sorts of people. I'm going to have all sorts of like experiences that I've never had before in life. And just kind of like the whole like I'm going to say yes to experiences. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's one thing that I've learned is never be never shy away from new experiences because good or bad, you'll learn something from it. And to be honest, like there were plenty of awesome experience and there were also plenty of like, well, plenty of downtimes too but the downtimes were mostly just you know i was in a lot of pain or it was raining really hard or was super like the summer was so hot and it was over 100 degrees and i'm just like oh my god i want to die but (laughs) but um it's it's more of the elements but like all the good times i had 
you know, outweigh greatly compared to those, you know, minuscule bad time moments. And if I didn't say yes, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't say yes to the people who'd pick me up, if I didn't say yes to many other people i wouldn't have awesome stories like i have so many awesome stories i could probably talk to you for like hours about the awesome stuff that i did on this trail (laughs) yeah yeah man so so what uh i just where where's halfway first of all uh, it's in Pennsylvania. It is in Pennsylvania. Okay. The dreaded state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, and I always hear about the Virginia blues. Is that more of a northbound thing? Like you're not even halfway yet and the state takes forever? Or did you experience that too? Uh, it's, it's a northbound thing. Like is it? When you're, when you're a southbounder, you're just like, yeah, it's Virginia. You know, <laughs> It's pretty. I mean, I thought Virginia was beautiful in my opinion because I was going through the fall time and all the oh, colors were changing. Man. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Virginia is beautiful compared to Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, you've already experienced <laughs> Pennsylvania at that point. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, I mean, I'll just keep going, you know? Yeah, I wonder if it's more of just not even being halfway yet and then it's the longest Mm -hmm. state right like it's the longest amount of miles in one state yes yeah it's literally a quarter of the trail is virginia yeah it (laughs) has amazing spots though like it does it really does yeah the grayson highlands was always my favorite living out there Mm -hmm. Um, that that place like is like no other place on the east coast it really is. It was super beautiful, man. I, I actually have – I'm pretty sure you saw some of the video clips yeah. of the Grayson Highlands on the, the video. Yeah, man. And the, did you see any of the ponies? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I did actually. It's a weird <laughs> thing for a grown man to ask another grown man, what would you think of the ponies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but I mean they were cool though. They were like little ponies. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you when – you, when you got down – that far was there any moments of doubt like in the last one third of the trail or were you like okay at this point i'm powering through yeah i was pretty much like i'm just gonna keep going going through it um but i was really tired at that point too i was kind of like man i do want to go home but i'm also i i'm really enjoying this so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep going you know yeah what what was your miles you were making i know some people get really into the data like i made you know this amount of miles every day and blah 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 like oh you're talking about average yeah uh average is like 15 typically for most people it's 15 okay um but uh there were some days where i did more than 15 Uh, i think my highest mileage day was 28 nice man um that that hurt i won't (laughs) i won't do that again (laughs) why did you do it that day funny story so so me and the guys uh were like hey guys there's a chinese buffet in the next town and if we get there before four o'clock we can get the lunch special and they were like yeah we're so down so but it's like 27.8 miles away it was like we can do this we can wake up early and hike 27 miles To get to the next town because we want the Chinese buffet lunch special. It was like it was like five dollars and fifty cents, and it's a buffet, so like we can eat as much food as we want. So we were like, hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) So we got up early, we packed our stuff, and we were—I mean, we were 
booking it. Like I never hiked so quick in my life just to get that Chinese buffet. That's amazing. That's like the perfect like mini adventure on this giant adventure, you know, like <laughs> I look back on it, I'm like, we like my feet hurt so bad at the end of that, but I was sitting at that buffet. We walked into that buffet and we were like that was so worth it. Did you make it? Did you make it for the lunch special? <laughs> yeah, we got there at 3.30, 30 minutes before it ended. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I just am imagining a group of guys. How many guys were with you at that point? Uh, it was five guys. Okay. Uh, including me. I'm just so. imagining high fives outside of the buffet. Like, yeah, we smiles. Were, <laughs> yeah, we were like, I'm full I am satisfied. All right, let's go buy some food for our next couple of days and let's go find a hostel to sleep in. <laughs> That's awesome. What what were some of your favorite towns along the way? Man, um, let's see. Monson was my favorite because of the experiences I had in it. It's yeah. a small town and it, it's, it homes the best hostel on the whole trail in my opinion. The best hostel is Shaw's Hostel in Monson, Maine. If you're going north, it will be your last hostel. If you're going south, it will be your first. And the 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 owners were super super chill and awesome. You know, they had amazing breakfast in the morning, and I, they had a music room. And all the hikers would go in the music room and just start jamming. It was just a cool environment. It was the best hostel in my opinion, hands down. That's really cool, man. What a yeah, when you're approaching the end, like, what's that like? The last couple of days, what's going through your mind? You know, are you emotional about it, or are you just kind of ready, ready for it to be over at that point? Um, I was, I got emotional around like the last mile. Okay. And when I finally got to the landmark, the last white blaze on the trail, I looked off. You know, I took my picture first, and I looked off the last little view, and I was just like, man. I can't believe that all happened. I guess I guess I'll go home now. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was just kind of it was it's it's weird because it, honestly, I really didn't know how to feel. I was just I was tired, but I was also humbled the fact that yeah, I I did it. But it's like now, what do I do? You know, it's like I, I'm just gonna go home. You know, <laughs> I mean, you have this goal for five months, and all of a sudden, you don't have that goal anymore. Yeah, like there's a there's a thing called a post trail depression. Yeah, <clears throat> when you get off the trail, it's it's not it's not easy. Like you get depressed because you miss those amazing adventures you had, and you miss the people and the relationships you made, and you you miss the freedom to do whatever the hell you wanted. And now I'm just like laying on my mom's couch doing nothing. Yeah. So it's just you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like adventure to you know, bum, like, yeah. okay. You know, it's like sad. It's, it's not exactly the best experience. Now, do you start planning your next adventures like right away or do you kind of decompress? Um, I just decompressed and, um, I got a job and then I moved up to Georgia. Well, I moved to Georgia for the job, I should say. Um, but, uh, I'm planning on that. My hostel is the next adventure for me. Honestly, yeah. if I get, if I get that job, I think I will be the happiest person in the world. Honestly, I would just be like, I'm helping out hikers. I'm doing what I love. 
and I get to talk about what I love. So it's it's a win win. You know what I mean? Yeah. When uh, so feel free to tell me to edit this part. But when we were talking before um, about you wanting to film kind of like interviews with people, is that something you'd be interested in doing? Like interviewing other hikers on the trail, like as they come through. Yeah, I was, um, I was actually, uh, I'm trying to do my like online marketing. Uh, I was going to do YouTube and, uh, get on social media and start doing interviews with, um, hikers and also doing like funny skits in the hostel you know just like you know silly stuff to post on youtube um just to get some kind of uh motion going so i can start making money online and the ultimate goal is when i start if i make enough money to support myself um without having to work i was going to buy myself a van and just start traveling full time and vlogging my adventures yeah yeah man oh that'd be so cool that's kind of the ultimate plan yeah yeah man you could i mean yeah once you get just kind of start it you know like start it be consistent with it you know be let your personality shine through it and be authentic with it and man Mm -hmm. it's it's that'd be so cool man that's that's the dream yeah Uh, just to be a, a nomad with my dog and uh go on awesome adventures meet amazing people let the interviews keep coming and share my amazing experiences with others and show the world like hey you know the your your life can be an awesome adventure yeah. it can be spectacular you know it doesn't have to be working nine to five doing something you hate which i do now but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, eventually that's that will be my future i feel that's so cool so yeah man let's talk about your dog did your I, I I just went to uh Casey uh linked the Mojo and East Facebook page and yeah. uh did your dog hike the trail with you? Um unfortunately he got injured the first few weeks in. Oh, poor boy. And I had to fly him back home. Yeah. yeah. He was supposed to. Uh there was a steep part in Maine. It was actually a ladder. It was a ladder section. And I'm like, oh, wow. How am I gonna get a dog up this ladder? So I was helping him up the ladder, and um, he was doing fine, and then he slipped, and I was like – and he fell like 10 feet and hurt his back leg. And I'm just like oh, – he's you know, I, I, first of all, I was scared half to death, right? Yeah. But I'm glad he didn't break it, but he, he sprained it really good. And he was walking on it for a little bit, but then he just stopped. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, man. So I called my mom. I'm like, hey, you know, we really need to send East home. Like he's, he's injured. He's not going to be able to keep going. So, uh, they're like, yeah, we'll buy you a plane ticket. And I had to get East off the trail, which is another funny story in itself. Um, but basically I got East off the trail and then I flew him back home and I flew back to the trail and, (laughs) you know, kept on hiking. So wait, did you fly home with him and yep. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, how do you? I don't even know how you would ship a ship a dog back home, you know? Oh no, no, no! I flew with him. Okay, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a, a service animal patch at the time, and I he's a well behaved mannered dog, so you know, no one really questions it. So <laughs> I just had him on the plane, and he kept, we just got him home. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, man, that's. Was there any moment of doubt then? Like, it has to be weird going from being on the trail to heading to the comforts of home really quick. 
and then heading back out. Yeah, like the first thing that I noticed was being at the airport was awkward for me. I was like, everyone was on their phones. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I can't even talk to most of these people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like before I, I go from, oh, I can just talk to anyone because all the hikers, you know, blah, blah, blah. They say, hello, you know, where are you hiking from? You know, casual conversation, you know, open conversation. And then just to people just looking down at their phones and you're just like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess I'll just sit here. It's definitely like not inviting being around a bunch of people looking at their phones. Whereas on the trail, that's talking and having conversations is literally like the source of entertainment. Yeah, and believe it or not, word spreads quickly on the trail, like super fast, faster than you think. <laughs> like I've I heard stories from other hikers, you know, spread from word of mouth. And believe it or not, it was uh, for instance, the whole story about me getting my dog off the trail, I remember hiking a few states down and I met this girl who had a dog. And even through traveling through all those other states, people were like, you know, they would ask, what's your trail name? I'm like, it's Mojo. And they'd be like, Mojo, you're the guy with the dog, right? <laughs> who got, had to fly him back home. I'm like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> you know, and it's just like, oh, there's other people told me. And I was like, wow, like, all right. Yeah. You know, it's just like. Even like states down, way down past Maine, I've people would be like, "Oh, you're the guy with the dog," and I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> it just it spreads like word spreads fast. That's cool, man. That's super cool. How did you get the name Mojo? Um, it actually came from when I was younger. I was about nine years old at the time, and uh, one of my uh, aunt's friends uh, was a. Uh, I forgot his name at the time, but um, basically we all had our like nicknames and stuff. And he kind of just looked at me. We were all chilling around the campfire, and he was like, "Hey, you know, your like your nickname's gonna be Mojo." And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, I kind of asked him like, you know, why?" And he's like, "You you go with the flow, you know, you you're you're chill." And I'm like, "All right." So I just kind of accepted it, and that became my my name, yeah. like my my nickname. Um, it even uh it, it died off after that like no one really called me that until college in college like the first day of college i kind of thought to myself hmm because the teacher was like hey if you have any nicknames you know we're it's all cool here let us know and when she called you know matthew marrero and then i'm like yeah i would like to be called mojo please <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of stuck like everyone in school like knew me as mojo That's and awesome. it became a popular name around school <laughs> yeah so, so I, I just kept it you know why do you think people on the trail go by the nicknames like i i just you know some people go on the trail just to kind of like take a break from regular life and maybe want to reinvent themselves or uh, maybe reinvent might not be the best word but you know, and having a nickname kind of, for, it's so weird, like just having a nickname almost allows you to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I definitely believe it does. Having a trail name um, definitely not only kind of reestablishes the the hiker in you, but also um, it's, it's kind of like a fun thing. You know, uh, a lot of people get named by another hiker, Yeah, usually doing something usually by doing something stupid or silly or just something that's like it's just like a quirk of yours 
or something that you're wearing. Yeah. You know, it's really it, it's up in the air. For instance, I have a funny trail name story. So, um, me, uh, Lavender, and Pringles, and <laughs> and um, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy didn't. Yeah, Jeremy didn't have a trail name yet. Um, Lavender. Uh, basically, I, I, she just loved the flower, and um, Pringles. She loves Pringles. She had a Obviously. can of Pringles. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but Jeremy didn't have a trail name. So one day he made a white girl joke, and the you know Pringles and Lavender were laughing their asses off, and it was like you know what your trail name is gonna be White Girl, <laughs> and it stuck the whole trail. He was like. He's like, come on, guys, don't call me white girl. And he's like, nope, your trail name is white girl. And he kept, and it stuck. It it was forever his fate. That's hilarious, man. Jeremy, if you're listening to this, you are you are a beautiful white girl. <laughs> you will forever be known <laughs> as that beautiful white girl. Yeah, that's so funny, man. Well, that's cool. Do you still keep in contact with the people you hiked with? yeah occasionally i'll hit them up and be like hey you know what's going on man you yeah. got any cool adventures up you know stuff like that or um yeah every once in a while i'll, I'll contact them are, uh, are people still like are they seeking more adventures is that kind of something that's natural after you finish something like this yeah like majority of people who finish a through hike want to go back immediately yeah um uh so i had uh, one of my friends hike the pct this year they already finished, um, and they're they're already planning to hike um, the CDT yep. <laughs> next year. Like they're just kept going. Like yeah. they're like, yeah, like I I'm addicted to this. So uh, I guess goodbye, family. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's kind of the theme that you know from the people I've talked to on the podcast who have done a, a through hike. That's kind of the the theme is like that's such a unique experience. Then you want to keep having adventures like that you know or the freedom like you said yeah it's a it's definitely a mixture of both because you have the freedom to you know your own schedule you wake up on your own time you hike at your own pace you go about your day you know there's no one to tell you to not do anything or to do anything you're just okay i feel like sitting here okay i want to look at this view for a while all right i feel like eating breakfast now you know what i mean like (laughs) no like no one there's no alarm clock there's just you existing you know what i mean and that's probably the most beautiful thing is just existing like there's no other i don't know how to explain it there's no other motives behind it it's just you simply sitting there on a view eating whatever you're eating and just this is nice uh, i'm i'm at peace right now kind of just being in the present moment just... yeah being 100 percent in the present not thinking about it you know too much just this is nice you know that's cool well to kind of wrap up the show here um for people who have been listening um who are inspired by your story what's something they can apply to their own life that that you would kind of suggest to them um like i said before definitely don't shy away from experiences because um there are plenty of things to learn there's a whole world out there to explore And, you know, just to say no to most of them, you're kind of, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. Because if you don't know what you love to do yet, then you have to experience things. Because if I never hiked the trail, then I would have not, I would have gone through my whole entire life not knowing what I love to do. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's so many people who hate what they do is because they haven't found what they loved yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest things is go out and explore. Find what you love to do and do it because life's too short just to do what you hate. Just just passing by doing what you hate just for money is it's you know it's miserable like i'm doing that now and i hate it like <laughs> yeah that's awesome man and i you're you're fairly young right like what's what age are you i'm uh, i'm 22 okay um dude to have that experience at 22 and to get those like clear cl- like to clarify that in your mind that young man that's awesome that's so huge no i know it, it's kind of crazy i feel like my life has gone very quickly um, just because the fact that right after high school I went to college yeah. and I uh, I didn't accelerate a program at school and I I got my bachelor's in 20 months and I literally turned 21 in April, graduated in May and then hiked started hiking the trail in June. Like those three months were the ever changing biggest moments in my life in 2016. Yeah. I you know just uh, you know, being able to drink. Graduated with a bachelor's degree. <laughs> yeah. Gonna go have a badass adventure. All right, goodbye. I didn't even think about that, man. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, I just yeah. like people go their whole life and not like you just don't have time to really think through. You know, like you just carried on momentum the whole time. But hiking the trails just this nice pause where you give yourself time to be with yourself and really learn that's, things that you can apply mm-hmm. the rest of your life, which is super cool. That's, yeah, that's honestly the most important thing that I learned from the trail is you have to take time for yourself, to love yourself, to learn more about yourself, and to you know really figure out what t- you know what makes you tick. Yeah. Because if you don't know those things, you're gonna go through life being really confused and having a lot more problems. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. makes perfect sense, man. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome and. Thank you, Casey, for hooking us up. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, if you go, go definitely go check out her podcast definitely. for sure. Yeah, unlock unlock wellness. We've had quite a few guests that she's rec- she'd recommended to me. So, but but yeah, man, thank you for coming on the show and best of luck with everything in the future. Hell yeah, thank you. All right, see you, man. All right, that concludes this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Thanks again to Matthew. That was awesome, dude. Uh, really fantastic time chatting with you. Um, I left the conversation incredibly inspired. So, and you know, and just with a smile on my face because the Appalachian Trail sounds like a just a awesome adventure. Which, <laughs> man, the weirdest thing just happened. I'm sitting here recording this. And we have like one of those Alexa things in our house, which is always weirds me out a little bit. But every once in a while, like it'll just turn on. And so all of a sudden, I just hear the opening notes of Give Me Shelter by the Rolling Stones. So right now, the Rolling Stones Give Me Shelter is playing randomly without any request. But it's such a good song, I can't even be mad, you know, or creeped. I'm a little creeped out, but um, <laughs> anyways, Matthew, thanks for chatting with me. Uh, 
I guess on this weird note of Give Me Shelter playing in the background, we are going to wrap up 2017. Um, The podcast this year, it's blown my mind. Blown my mind. I last year we started with uh, with my wife telling me that she contacted the Iron Cowboy James Lawrence, who's one of my favorite, most inspiring people I've ever been around, and her telling me that he said that he would come on the show, and that totally just blew my mind. It really just boosted my confidence to reach out to all these amazing people and have this really cool excuse to be able to to chat with them. And along with all of the, you know, athletes who I hadn't known beforehand, um, you know, also just all the special moments of when I got to talk with my closest friends in the whole wide world. I'm Travis Steffen, Brady Manriquez, Calvin Johansson, Jake Reed, uh, Shane Dowdy, like, it's just been so great. And then, you know, building relationships with uh, some other people like Jason Suddeth as he journeyed to run his first 50K and becoming friends with Scott Stark. Like, it's been such a crazy, cool experience doing this podcast. And it's all because I made the decision to do something that I've always dreamed of that might have felt a bit uncomfortable. Um, at first but man it's just it's so been worth it so if there's something that seems uncomfortable that you guys actually want to do like go do it like even if it's uncomfortable especially if it's uncomfortable go out and actually put yourself in that uncomfortableness because it's so worth it like even today I, I recorded two podcasts today with two people I'd never met or talked to and I left both of them just feeling so excited like reinvigorated because I had these awesome human connections um it's so cool I feel like this is even more epic because in the background it's like if I don't get some shelter you know so that's playing in the background I'm like yeah <laughs> Um, so go out and do it guys. We have a whole nother year in front of us, man. Like you got start off fresh. I mean, every day you should be able to start off fresh, but for whatever reason, when it turns January 1st, we have this like instinct of like, now we can do it, you know? So go do it, man. I want to hear all your guys' stories. Share them with me, please. Like send it like a Bigfoot at gmail.com. Send me an email, send us messages on facebook man nothing brings a smile to my face than people being like yeah i heard this guest on your show and like it blew my mind and now i'm taking on something crazy too like go do it like we have such a short amount of time on this earth we don't even know we don't know how much time we have on this earth so go go after it today right now all right i gotta let you go the rolling stones just stopped so Oh, oh, snap. Uh, now it's playing. Dun, while my guitar gently weeps. Now it's going with the Beatles. This is the weirdest, like, just, I don't even know, like, non-request of Alexa. But I'm digging it, you know? What's she going to bring next? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we'll wrap up there. Um, you guys have been great. Thank you so much for this amazing year of doing the podcast. And I hope you guys have enjoyed it. 
even like one fourth the amount I've enjoyed it, you know, because if you have, that'll be just awesome and such a it'll just bring a smile to my face. All right. I'll let you guys go. Peace.